astounding Time is fleeting Madness takes its toll But listen closely Not for very much longer I've got to Good evening and welcome to episode 205 of the Bad Wolf podcast. I'm Martin and joining me this week is Sam Michael. Hello. And Chris Walker-Thompson. Hello. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank, thanks for having us back on so soon, so soon. And it's an honour as well because actually I've realised this is, feels quite strange. Chris, this is the first time we've actually spoken properly, isn't it? Yeah, this is the first time we've actually got voices. So that it usually it's just... Uh... The odd tweet and words, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is uh, I'm really excited about this. As you knew, I, I'm I'm here and I'm ready for war. And it, this is no laughing matter, of course. We must remember this is a very serious podcast. <laughs> We're discussing a very serious theme, which is split. I would say split the fandom more than anything that has ever happened. Because as we know, the fandom of Doctor Who is normally a very quiet and peaceful place. <laughs> Always. Where- where everybody's points of views are taken on seriously, and we all get on very well, and uh, it's an absolute charming fan base to be part of. But there is this that we're talking about tonight. Well, Sam said he wanted to talk about dimensions in time, so that's why I've asked these two fine gentlemen on. We did cover this previously on the podcast, but we didn't go into any in-depth information about it. So, Sam, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you give us a plot synopsis? Because I've had to face so much backlash for my views that... Well, it's not even a view, it's a fact. That dimensions, <laughs> that dimensions in time is is canon. So I'd like to call someone out. Actually, I'd like to call out uh, who I was, was a dear friend of mine in the real world and uh, online. I would call him my, my my biggest enemy, Billy Garrett Chunky John. And we have debated many a times whether it's canon or not. And I, it's got to the point. This is honestly true. Where I'm thinking of novelizing it. <laughs> I'm thinking of novelizing dimensions in time just so I can <laughs> prove how the storyline works and it's canon. <laughs> Well, I put out a Twitter <laughs> poll yesterday, and yep. I said, all right, Doctor Who fans, time for a poll. Is Dimensions in Time canon? 173 votes, 61% wow. no, 39% yes. Well, it's been a joy to be on your podcast. So at this point so- in the show where Sam says, come on, bring them on, bring them on. We have all 40 of them on the line right now. <laughs> <laughs> For the first few hours, it looked like the yeses were winning. Said it once, I've said it before. Democracy doesn't work. Usually, in like the first few hours of any election, isn't it? It's always looking like it's going to go one way, and then right at the very end, it's oh, you, you all said you all hated it. It does remind me of various other votes that have taken place in the last few years. I went to bed; it was all looking fine. I thought this is safe. I'm off to bed. I woke up to the awful, awful news to find that 61 percent. Did you say it was Will? Well, my name's Martin, but yeah, 61 <laughs> percent. God. Where's Will come from? I have no idea. I, I know you're Martin. Bad Will. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Will. I'm calling you Will for this because you're bad Will. 61%, did you say? 61%. Right. Well, I've woken up to find that 61% of the people are wrong. <laughs> Uh, this is this is a travesty. Dimensions in time means dimensions in time. Dimensions means time. Chris, why don't you I, I, just if you don't mind me jumping in, Martin, Mister Badwell? Why don't let Chris explain what he would say is the plot from what we see on the telly box, and I'll explain to you what the plot actually is that none of you are seeing because you don't read between the lines. John Nathan Tenner decided to 
take over EastEnders for about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I think we should also mention this, because I watched it again today, just to make sure we were all good. And it starts, uh, if you find, and I would warn anyone as well, I think if you, if you found it on YouTube, I would rip it and keep it soon. Because I guarantee the second we get a Blu-ray with a Rani episode in, it's going to be a special feature on the Blu-ray. So I think had it had we got like a season 22 or we get a season is it 2024 one with the Rani in, I think they're going to literally nick that off YouTube and it's going to be a feature on a Blu-ray episode, the dimensions in time. Because it starts off, you get the full version of it on comic, uh, not comic relief, on Children in Need with the sketch with Noel Edmonds and John Pertwee. Have you seen that? I remember the other day. I watched this on broadcast. And, and <laughs> John Pertwee, to prove that he's magic, actually predicts 2010. With deal or no deal, yeah. Yeah. He said, I, I've been to, I can't do that. I'm not even going to try and do an impression this evening because we've got the master in. It'll be, it'll be embarrassing for me to attempt I, any impression this I, evening. To be fair, my, my Pertwee's not that good either. <laughs> oh, man. See, even that was good, wasn't it? I heard a bit of it in there, just saying Pertwee it came out a little bit. You'll find you have to talk a bit like that sometimes. That's about as far as I can go with it. He's got the pace of it right. You've got it. You're nearly there. You're nearly there. You're like 99% there. Spent time with John Coleshaw and I've heard Tim Trelaw's one. Oh, that's so good. I can listen to that. I think we should have like a 10 minutes where we just sit and listen to Chris doing impressions. Now let's talk about dimensions in time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it canon? My ass it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, he comes up, doesn't he? He says, I've been to the year 2010. You're still on telly. And Noel Edmonds looks <laughs> all excited. He says, am I doing serious telly now? Serious dramas? And he says, I, I'm a time traveller. I don't work miracles. But he just <laughs> give him a look, doesn't he? Gives him a look as if to say, mate, you're on not only are you on table telly doing awful stuff in 2010, you've gone mad. <laughs> you're like symbols on your hand, you're asking contestants on dates to museums and you're doing your cosmic ordering and saying that little magic boxes can cure cancer and things. Like It's almost like John really knows that he's going in a bad way. When did you guys first experience Dimensions in Time? <laughs> I love that you say that. Like, now, when were you first uh, inappropriately touched by Dimensions <laughs> 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 when did you first notice uh, when did he start putting his hands on you I can't remember when it was I think I at some point was looking over old clips years ago maybe I think it was on Google videos or something mm. like that I was definitely too young to uh, at the 93 uh, showing of it uh, well Martin or can I call you Derek I think I should just carry on with the rest of the show just keep calling you different names throughout the evening it works. Okay? I've been that... called much worse Oh, okay. Cheers, Billy. I watched it at the time. I remember it being on. I had the 3D specs. Oh, I didn't get the glasses. I was staying at my aunt's house this weekend. Oh, bruv. <laughs> so what, oh, my you, you watched the most... So you didn't really get to see it properly at all. Then It was just the red and, <laughs> red and blue. It wasn't like standard 3D. It used this thing called the Porphyric effect. Yeah. Which is why the camera spins so much, is because the Porphyric effect only works when something's in motion constantly. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like a traditional blue and red 3d glasses you had to get these proper i think one of them's dark and one of them's clear yeah that's it because i kept these glasses for a while because we recorded it i'm still probably someone got the vhs we recorded it that night it's not 3d the only bit that was 3d is you know the bit when tom baker does the mayday speech and there's those things in the background like against the green screen and there's all these weird effects they're 3D, but other than that, I don't remember any of it being 3D. I watched it with my gran, and my gran blesser was going, I don't think these work. I was five at the time and going, no, I think mine are broken. Even like a few years down the line, still having the glasses, still watching it on video and going, 
Nah, it's not 3D. It's, it's sort of like Jaws, isn't it? The, was it Jaws 3 was meant to be 3D, wasn't it? But there's only like a section of maybe two, maybe three bits of it yeah, out of the yeah. whole 90 minutes of horror. Technically, I suppose, Dimensions in Time, and I get, uh, genuinely, and I'm, I'm not even joking here, if you're, ju- if you're not counting the new series, if I was to list my f- top 10 stories of all time classic series, it would be at number 10. Do you not like a lot of Doctor Who? <laughs> 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 number 10 is Dimensions in Time. Anything above that must be good. Uh, number 9, Canine and Company. <laughs> Talking to Canine, they've just announced that there is a new series in development. Oh, God. Let him die. Do you know, <laughs> in that bloody dog. It just, I've never known anything to survive more than that dog. John Leeson, bless him. I think even he's fed up of it. He's, he gets the call. Hello, John. You're back, mate. Canine's back. He probably thinks, oh, for you know, just I just got this image in my head of like K9 sort of turning to the producer in a sort of like you know when you have to put a dog down sort of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's your master, please let me die. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was originally going to be a film called Time Quake. Christ. The creators of K9 started talking last year about doing a series before the film. Two production companies are apparently bidding for the rights. Oh my god! I think there's a cult out there of K9. Like there's there must probably be. like five guys, some, and they're all based in different parts of the world, and they've all sort of got their hands on K9, keeping him alive. It's horrific. <laughs> He's yeah. in this as well. He's in Dimensions in Time. He pops up at the end with Ace and the Seventh Doctor. It's the first kind of new story I ever watched because I I was only one and a half when the show went off air in '89, and it's this was its proper well not proper well yes proper. I'm going to fight this corner. It's its first comeback um, before the 96 TV movie. It was it was this little show, and it was made quite a big deal of. People forget it was a big deal. It had been off for quite a while. Yeah. It was back, and they'd brought back all the old Doctors and everything. So it was actually quite a big deal on the night. This was in place of the 30th anniversary film called The Dark Dimension, which was in the development. Various funding problems got in the way, and the other Doctors weren't happy that the BBC kind of wanted to take them out and have Tom Baker as the main focus. I didn't know that. Yeah, have you seen the the design of the Cybermen for that? They look amazing. The Cybermen that they built, they were going to build for this thing, was good. And Rick Mail was going to be the baddie. That would have been quite cool to see, actually. And yeah. then, yeah, it got whittled down to time and three dimensions and then eventually it became dimensions in time when children need decided they wanted to include eastenders and they wanted it to be in 3d but have you ever read the original synopsis for this originally it was going to be the seventh doctor and the brigadier yeah traveling to a unit reunion on the way they'd get fucked with by cybermen yeah and then when they get at the reunion there would be all the old companions and the other doctors oh that's pretty cool a lot of scripts i think went in around this time to try and bring it back for the um 30th anniversary isn't it amazing that of all the scripts that got through this was the one (laughs) that made (laughs) well yeah they were granted one day to film on the eastenders set it just took way longer so they were eventually granted a second day eastenders was in its heyday at this point like oh yeah yeah yeah. it just had the um the phil and grant sharon story do you remember that with the the tape recorder yeah that was massive that was one of the biggest storylines of of eastenders history and interestingly dimensions in time predict Sharon in the future. There's a scene where, I think it's supposed to be 2013, with Sarah Jane, who they ridiculously put into her Hand of Fear costume. Yeah. She's like that kind of dungarees thing. By, by this point, Elizabeth Sladen, she would have been, you know, sort of 
mid to late forties, and they go and snuggle. They sort of snuggle mm-hmm. her into this thing that she kind of looked cute in when she was in her twenties. It looks very strange. They put her in a funny hat, and but she's talking to Sharon, who they've tried to make look like she's in the future. But essentially, they've dressed her up how she looks now. So at the time, yeah. Sharon was kind of a very 90s business looking woman. Um, she wore like the female business suits because she ran the Vic. She had a short bob haircut, looked very, uh, very business like. And they made her kind of look quite, they sort of tarted her up a bit. They put her in a kind of low cut blouse, as they would have called back then, a sort of Essex girl costume and long blonde hair. And that is how she dresses now in EastEnders. So it's worth a look, that. I mean, this is the thing as well. You've got to think Dimensions in Time, if it's canon, Mike Reed was in Doctor Who. And he's I got know. one of the best sort of reaction images, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so people get thrown out, never pulled in. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I've seen a friend out of Vic, but... Uh... Never thought I in. Yeah, someone, <laughs> I, 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 what have I done? I've done an impression on a. That was very good. Pat, 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 pat. Is Pat in it? Oh, she is, isn't she? she yeah, is, they, yeah, yeah, briefly. That awful circling shot. But then you fall into the paradox because obviously Gita would later turn up in Doctor Who. She would. Okay, if this is canon, does this yep. take place in like the Dream Lords world? That's where we really kick off now. So what you want is the proper story. Now, last time I explained this, it was to Billy Garrett, Chunky John, at about one in the morning in a pub in Bristol. I've got a glass of wine on me this evening. I haven't touched as much alcohol as I have that night, so I think it'll make a lot more sense. So the Rani is with a companion here, isn't she, in her TARDIS. A lovely floral pattern on the floor, which I think we should definitely mention. This person who she's with can operate the TARDIS, if you watch carefully. So in my mind, this person is a Time Lord who she's with. She's never named. He's named in an outtake, but we're not taking that seriously. I think this person is the War Chief, who we saw last in the War Games. And the War Chief, he can create a kind of world where they can take people out and put them in different zones and different stuff like that, right? Now, him and the Rani have decided to encapture the Doctor and put him through his own little personal hell. For a laugh, for, just for the for the lols, They've decided to create a world that completely replicates EastEnders, the soap opera. So what they've done is that, so you've got to think in this world, because we've seen EastEnders pop up a few times in Doctor Who, and I like to think it niggles the Doctor. I don't think the Doctor likes EastEnders. I think it annoys him a little bit. What they've done is they've created this little, they've taken EastEnders, recreated it in this little time loop thing, and they've taken the Doctors out and they put them in it, including the first and the second Doctor. But we don't see the first and the second Doctor. And I think if they stay in this world, which they've fictionalised, little bit like the matrix that missy puts together in the end of uh, series eight so that sort of thing strange little world full of funny characters puts them in there and they live it all out and everything and when they're in there for too long they merge and they're essentially lost they stay there for too long they lose themselves that's what i'm the first and the second doctor she whacks the third the fourth the fifth the sixth the seventh all in there but they find a way to get out the reason for them doing it i haven't decided yet if it's to be canon that is what the setup is i can actually hear the zippers on your anorak go up <laughs> <laughs> i could literally i could hear you both going under your breath oh for f- what have we <laughs> I just had I just had a grin on my face. Put it on par with you're in the sort of smoking area of a <laughs> club or a bar, and then someone's explaining uh, in quite some vivid detail and very serious about it, and you just sort of sit there and just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's the guy, it's the guy coming up to you going, can I borrow your lighter? Yeah, sure, mate. Cheers. And they they use the lighter, go, cheers, <laughs> yeah. mate. And they go, oh, do you know why? Dimension in time is canon. And they go, well, you do know 9/11 was an inside job, don't you? It's yeah. that sort of thing. Well, in, this is the bigger conspiracy. Of it. <laughs> well, that's what I do. That I, I 
corner people, they go, do you, do you do know 9-11 was an inside job by the lizard people? And I go, can I stop you there? Because Dimensions in Time was canon. <laughs> and at the end of the conversation, they've walked off going, I've, I've had it with him. He's a- Did you know that according to Louise Jameson, Sylvester McCoy arrived very late and very hungover, which is why he gets all the techno babble, because the other doctors punished him for being late? Oh, it could explain why there's so many bad ADR moments in this. Like where he just goes, the Ronnie's TARDIS, it'll implode. I always took that that they left some dialogue out. Like they didn't know what they were doing. So they sort of yeah. went, hang on, this doesn't make any sense. So they quickly, oh, like, None of it makes sense. They didn't know what they were doing. I've watched this fucking four times now. I don't know what the plot is. <laughs> Yeah, wait for the novelization. Don't worry, it'll be free. It'll be available for thirty pounds ninety nine. On, uh, <laughs> you this. I'm hiring you, mate. You're playing all the doctors when we take it to Big Finish. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be like, oh, Big Finish. I'm on the window. Oh, oh, I've got dimensions in time. The full series. I've Sam- made it, mum. I've made it. <laughs> I've done it. Don't need your Big Finish. How about you call your company Big Ron? Big- <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Well, that was that was uh, again um, democracy, uh, a waste of time. Who should save the Doctor, Big Ron or Mandy? Who the hell voted for Mandy? Oh well, she raised over a hundred thousand pounds. I don't care how much she was uh, it raised. Well, I'll take that for a minute. That, that's that was Russian money going towards that vote. Uh, I should mention this time. Has anybody seen like the, the rough cuts and the outtakes? From this. Yeah, yeah, the, you can find Big Ron's version. It's exactly the same, but just of him. Much better. Because in Mandy's version, it looks like she's saving the Rani. I genuinely don't think they told her. They basically said, yeah. and you've got to save her. She grabs Liz Shaw and says, leave her alone. Hey, what are you doing? Leave her alone. Yeah, why would you help the woman with the gun? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she turns it on her, and then another girl appears with Mandy. Yeah, out of nowhere. And I genuinely think that woman is the most beautiful woman who ever lived. Who is she? <laughs> we need to find out. But when I was younger, I really fancied her. And I still do. I watched it today and thought, she's the most beautiful woman I think I've ever seen. I will never know who she is. Mandy's friend. What a credit to have Mandy's friend in the dimensions in time. Well, this was like a ratings juggernaut because the first part got 13.8 million views. That's and more than s- Jodie Whittaker gets in a week. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the second one got 13.6. So a lot of people tuned in for this. Tell me. How, oh, it makes me so mad. Honestly, it was amazing. It was great television. It's also the thing is, that it, it, it is it is fun to watch. It's digestible. It's something you can watch very quick. It's 20 minutes long altogether. And it's just a lot of fan service. It's a lot of good fun. And and the thing is, people kick, kick off about this and go, oh, it's really naff. It's crap. But if you watch any of like the Avengers movies, right? Right. Don't kick. I was just to go fuck it. I'm just, I'm just interested to hear where you're comparing dimensions <laughs> in time with the Avengers franchise. I wouldn't. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not really. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not making. You know, a. Um, I'm not comparing <laughs> them because dimension time is so much more superior. <laughs> and, but, but but like but if you watch the Avengers, they'll take a big ten minute chunk and make it just fan service. Everyone just flies out, everyone fights, everyone does their special moves, everyone like, oh, oh it's him and it's him and it's him and it's all these and that's all they did in Doctor Who. They were doing it before it was fashionable, which is a big crossover. <laughs> you, you got the Cybermen and uh, you know, and you know, various other baddies all chasing them around Albert Square. <laughs> 
great. And there's Perry and the the Fifth Doctor and and this and this who's aged awfully. Oh, how sad. I, I know that. <laughs> but you look you look at Perry and Nissa and. So, I mean, if that was proof of time travel, that would have been pretty good because they. It looks like they plucked Perry out of 1986, and they've. Plucked, I mean, I mean, Sarah Sutton looks better now than she does in that. <laughs> A lot. My parents looked older in the 90s than they do now. It's just I don't know fashion and diet. I guess it must have been. I don't know what it was, but because um, you know that that I remember not for a long time not knowing that was Nissa. I remember <laughs> who that was. Well, have you noticed that every doctor has to say the name of the companion because there's a lot of the audience that wouldn't know? Like, I wouldn't have guessed who Victoria was. And she's wearing that cloak because she broke her arm rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Did she really? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, that, that's sad. Is that because she looks like an old woman there? Um, bless her, Vicky. Oh, what's that old woman? Yeah. Who's that terrible woman? <laughs> um, yeah, story-wise, it does make no sense because ultimately, uh, I, I get it from the sense that the Rani kind of pops out, doesn't she? And um, when when the Fifth Doctor's cornered, she comes out and says, "You're going on a long journey, a long, very long journey." So I assume that gun would have sent them through to the time tunnel, and something's gone wrong. And basically, I assume she was trying to do each Doctor at a time. But again, wait for the novel, guys. It's all going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a great bestseller, and then I'll be the one on the Blu-ray. And I'll be going an exclusive interview with Sam. With I'll be there with Stephen Moffat and Russell T Davis. <laughs> and they'll be going. No, how did you get that? Lee? How did you? It's such a good story. Go, oh, thank you, Stephen. Um, that's amazing. Uh, and as for you, Claude, and I'll, they'll go and Russell T Davis will say, "My name's Russell," and I'll say, "Oh, sorry. I just seem to have a habit this evening of getting everybody's names wrong." This was around the time that kicked off Tom Baker's renaissance with his career. And I think it goes hand in hand with him accepting that he was the Doctor. I'll give you that, yeah. And it, it was funny you say that because uh, he, he had a bit of... Um, he went on to a show at that time called Medics. Do you remember that was very popular? Yeah, and he was also doing um, TV ads in New Zealand as the Doctor at this point. Uh, we talked about this a bit in the last podcast that... It felt like that during the period between Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann, it felt for many that Sylvester McCoy wasn't the doctor in that period. It was John Pertwee. John Pertwee did a lot of television. Yes, he, he did. He did a, a lot of uh, conventions and and whatnot as well. He was uh, he was everywhere. And, and you yeah. really, you would have think that Noel Edmonds bit at the beginning should have been Sylvester McCoy because he was the most recent Doctor. Yeah, you, know, you think now we've got a whole year off without Jodie Whittaker. So if if there was a a, um, a a TV special or you know a comic relief or something like that, and they bought on the Doctor, they'd bring on Jodie Whittaker because yeah, they wouldn't bring in Matt Smith. If they bought in Matt Smith, you'd think, oh God, something's gone wrong here. But and I wonder if that was the feeling back then because you know they would have said, oh, to introduce this special, this 30th anniversary special, here is da 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 da. It's not Sylvester McCoy, it's John Pertwee, and he was used for a lot of things back then. I, I remember that, very strangely there was a Silla Black surprise surprise episode with a Doctor Who fan who got to yeah. meet uh, the Doctor, and that Doctor oh, yeah. was John Pertwee. And I wonder how Sylvester McCoy felt at the time. John Pertwee came off the back of. Wurzel, so he was still sort mm. of a very common name. Maybe it was more the star power. I don't. I don't know. I think nowadays the thing is Doctor Who is so much bigger than it was back then mm. uh, globally that Jodie Whittaker is instantly a, a famous name already. Yeah. Whereas at the time, I think Sylvester McCoy was the Doctor on a show that was dying. So I don't think they would have had that appeal. And maybe because John was sort of the bigger name out of it, and Tom wasn't doing anything. 
and and John, you know, loves his loves to uh, put on the velvet jacket once more. He really yeah. does, doesn't mm. he? I mean, I mean, the, we're going off subject a little bit here, but very recently, it was only the weekend before last, I watched for the very first time the War Games. I'd never seen it before. Oh yeah, and I will say I absolutely love it. Absolutely love the War Games. I'd probably say it's one of my favourite Patrick Troughton stories. Actually, after watching that, no, it's, it's very good, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, there it is. There I it is. Did. There it is. He does it sometimes. Oh, let's get out of the cage and then oh all right you put me away again okay i feel like sh- see this is awful of me the performer in me wants to jump in and be jamie yeah look behind you <laughs> and all that <laughs> i love i love phrases jamie um <laughs> with his oh bless him uh, but yeah, with them um, with walker i absolutely loved it i've really I've, I've always been told it was it's really really long so i felt like i was gonna be a real effort to watch but i really enjoyed it I, I enjoyed the whole thing but in the extras they have that episode of um oh so i say it's an devious, episode, it? the fan, devious the fan film and i think that's amazing that literally before and this is like nowadays you could probably do something with a, someone who's been in doctor who with the excuse of saying look will you come and do this video with me it's going to go onto youtube it's going to go onto twitter i've got two thousand followers i've got two thousand whatever but we're talking about a time where literally they were making a vhs tape probably just for them and their friends somehow john pert we got involved with it there is another group i think the company's called projection room or something like that mm. chris hoyle was quite uh, popular among the fans of gets for doing his mm. back in the 90s sort of fan films and he got sylvester mccoy and, and sophie aldred be in it Blimey. i think at the time it was because the show wasn't on they were just doing what they could to sort of keep things going and obviously since uh, Big Finish gave a resurgence for some and then obviously the main show came back that's the world isn't it uh, well, I did wonder that with the people who put Devious together would they have had to put in quite a bit of money regardless of Doctor Who it's John Pertwee do you know the people behind Devious and they uh, they said that actually that um, originally when they got John to be in it mm. he actually said from the off you can't release this anywhere you can't release it anywhere not at all he was very strict on that but then he went and did it, had such a good time, and was like, oh, you must release it to everybody. Did you know that Tom Baker famously hated the script and for some reason wanted to play the fourth Doctor with a bullet hole in his head? No, I did not know that. If you look at his scene, he's got a scar on his cheek, which is what John Nathan Turner talked him down to. Oh, that We would assume then that the Rani and the War Chief have already got to him then. I've already got to Tom Baker. Yeah, because where is he in this dimensions in time is it one of those cases again where they can't take the fourth doctor out of time he's stuck again did you notice though he's got his hat pulled right down low just above his eyebrows to hide the fact that he doesn't have that curly brown hair anymore oh yeah 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 that's a bit sad i wonder i wondered why if he had the thing on he might have whacked a wig on or something but he really didn't (laughs) not long after he left doctor who he cut all that off didn't he he did yeah and the reason they got the first and second doctor's head spinning round is because they thought that would be a decent plot device in case the other doctors turned it down they could just then be added not a bad shout they look weird and they, they were 3d i'll give them that they were 3d those heads. they actually made busts of their heads that's what they are I wonder where they are now uh, sometimes a head of one of the actors will pop up on ebay i found one of colin baker once really yeah and the guys from staggering stories have a head of john pertwee so they oh, made it yeah, the head seen that. That, That's a frightening little... Is that the one where there's, someone's taken it to, to a convention and they've got a picture with Jenna Coleman with it? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I love that. That's the best picture ever. I love that. Adam's got one with John Hurt on his Facebook profile and John Hurt's just looking at him like he's fucking mental. 
<laughs> Bless him. Probably one of John Hurt's last memories. Was yeah. Just... Oh. And Adam is now a successful meme on Twitter. And that will be what John Hurt will be most famous for. I was just thinking of some key moments that I really enjoy in Dimension Time. One of them is, is how straight Phil and Grant play it. Ross Kemp oh. and Steve. Oh, Mar- yeah. Yeah, they, they do, actually. So straight with Lala Ward. They, they really are like, oi, I thought you closed this up. Like, oi, it's your game. And I know that Lala Ward, to look for the Doctor, went into a garage and then sat down. <laughs> Maybe that's just where she appeared. Maybe she was sitting down somewhere else in time and space. That's one thing that weirds me out, and I think that they should have made clear. And I, I imagined this for a long time, even when I first watched it as a kid. I thought that literally the companions were just being taken out of wherever they'd been left and dropped in. So say that, like, for example, um, Mel, Bonnie Langford, was walking you know, was, was in her own time or whatever, and suddenly she was taken out and dropped, and suddenly she's in this place back with the Doctor. But it appears to be that the, the, it's the same person every time. So Ace, it's Ace the whole way through, but she becomes different companions. Because you see, when he gets uh, Leela, he says to her, what form were you in when she caught you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mana. Yeah, that's one thing that's always got me, is that the Rani doesn't recognize president romana she wasn't president at this point there we go we've we've saved why am i helping you why am i helping you justify this shit this this was still chancellor uh, no this was still chancellor flavia's uh (laughs) right government um that we were living under at the time the humanian era (laughs) so michael goff was originally approached to reprise his role as the celestial toy maker and he probably told him to fuck off. <laughs> he did. Yeah. You know, he'd done two Batman movies at this point. He didn't need them. I think I think I heard this because they just told him, didn't they? He was, you know, when all the enemies approach, I think he was literally just going to be in that lineup. I don't think he had any talking lines. He literally just going to wander forward because I think there was also disgruntled about, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who played um, in, I think, at least two serials, he played the Castellan. Paul Jericho. So he was hired to be in this as well. He was put on. But if you look, he's just got a walk-on part. He's just dressed as a Time Lord with a gun. Apparently, Anthony Alien was approached, which he always denied when asked by fans. He said he would have loved to have appeared, but they didn't ask him. Too busy watching the cricket. Well, he got the last <laughs> laugh in the, in the <laughs> Destiny of the Doctor game. Get a move on, slow coach. I love the way all his voice is just kind of like the back of his throat. It's just... Uh... His laugh is a sort of the cackle at the back of the throat, isn't it? <laughs> oh my! And he's got an underbite. If you watch him, his little, his under, his oh, whatever he, he has. Yes, he's got forward. that doctor. He has yes. that underbite. It actually really does help oh, if you're doctor. trying to do an impression of him as well. Oh doctor! Oh doctor! You have been naive. That's true. You look back actually, and you think who was missing from this? Katie um, Manning was still in Australia by this point, wasn't she? She must have been. Yeah. Again, going to some highlights: seeing the brigadier with the sixth. Is good. Yeah. We've yeah, never that seen nice. that before. So that, that's actually quite a nice little scene. Yeah, I like that. And you also see the third Doctor and him together, which is really nice. It's the final on-screen appearance of the third and the sixth Doctor. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I suppose, yeah, of them being characters, seriously, because I suppose you could count the five-ish Doctors with Colin Baker acting like the sixth Doctor, but... No, you uh, can't. No. <laughs> you can't bullshit that one, Sam. No, I'm not... <laughs> 
the dimensions in time is enough. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other... The thing that annoys me a couple of times is when characters just haven't turned up in costume. So Carol Ann Ford, for example, just kind of rocks up in a cardi. Well, she replaced Fraser Hines. Oh, so she? I get the feeling that maybe it was, are you free this afternoon? We're filming something. <laughs> <laughs> I, that seems like it for everyone who's in it. And I'm not meaning this disrespectfully, but a few of the actors in this show, in Doctor Who, who were companions, haven't had much work since, shall we say, since their appearance in Doctor Who. And they're probably sat at home going, I just can't get any work since Doctor Who. I'm just considered this this companion, this, this companion, this screaming companion. Oh, who's this? Hello? Oh, it's the BBC. Hello? Yeah. 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 <gasps> EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, Children in Need, 13 million viewers, yeah? Yeah, you want me to play, you want me to play Nyssa, right. (laughs) Well, that's why they keep saying the companion's name, is just in case anyone's forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I just feel for them. They probably thought this is my break. I'm getting on to to EastEnders, and uh, I can't even. Although we should say that um, I did uh, somewhere. It's on my Twitter somewhere. I did a, a funny little video when Bonnie Langford appeared in in EastEnders. Had a great run in EastEnders. I'll say actually, fantastic actor. Um, I had a scene of her in the marketplace. Did this on my laptop. I had a, just a scene of her with a character in EastEnders when she was on there in like you know 2016, 2017, whatever. Then I have the. <laughs> And it cuts to her and John Pertwee. <laughs> She's jumping around time. But yeah, it is quite strange seeing that a couple of them went on to appear in EastEnders. Like yeah, Bonnie. Louise Jameson was in it for about a decade. She only came in a couple of years after that, actually, didn't she? Dimension. Yeah, it wasn't long. Like, and it was like 97, 98 she came on to it full time. It is quite funny. I'm trying to think if, if surely a few more of them have, have gone on to be in it. Again, I'm trying to stick with these highlights, really trying to big this up. Kate O'Mara, can we just say? The brilliant Kate O'Mara. I mean... Just stunning as the Rani. Yes, uh, yeah, I agree. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I think her performance as the Rani, even though she was given bad scripts and, you know, it wasn't the best episodes, uh, you know, I think her performance-wise, she's up there with Delgado as the master. Like, I think it's just such a, you know, big, big British iconic actor yeah. in in a role. And bless her for coming in and doing this. She, she still was big. She was still doing... By this point, even the 90s, she was still appearing in... Like Dynasty and stuff. Yeah, you know, American TV yeah. shows. She was doing films. And even, you know, um, a couple of years after this, she was in Bad Girls. You know, she's still up to her death. Was If you got Kate Amara on your show... It does make you wish she had more than just, well, two episodes. Three episodes. Uh, two episodes. Three episodes. in time. Right. Three, <laughs> three fully-fledged classic <laughs> episodes of Doctor Who. Did Big Finish ever get her? Don't know. I don't think they did. No, they. Did. I know they did Rani stories, but they yeah. used an a- an actor who I can't remember her name. Siobhan Redmond. That's stellar casting. That is. Yeah. yeah. Really well done. Yeah, I think the stories called Planet of the Rani. It's very good. Yeah, really well done. She's done a couple of stories for them, and I think I would like to see more because I think the Rani's a really good character, and it's and it's very strange that we're. There are hints that she had a relationship with the Doctor when she was younger. And I like that. They did. They put that in the classic series. You know, it's quite a strange thing that she comments on the fact that he's, that he's not attractive anymore. And in, for the classic series, I find that quite strange in the Mark of the Rani. That the first thing she comments on is, I don't find you attractive. And it's like, that's what a weird thing to put in the classic series. But it's done really well. But I think the Rani is a really fascinating character. And I can't believe she's not been brought back into the new series. Do you think they'll gender swap the Rani for the new series at some point? 
Oh no, I don't. No, I, it, ne- it never works that way, does it? It has to be the other way around. Of course, they'll always do it the other way around, won't they? Yeah. The, the only gender swap we'll ever get in Doctor Who now will be Jodie Whittaker back to a man, um, which I think will happen next. To be honest. Um, yeah, probably. I think when Jodie goes, Chibnall will go personally, and mm, I just absolutely. Think comes in next we'll probably have a vision from male doctor i think we will have another female doctor again later down the line but i do think whoever will come in next will probably bring in another male doctor um so that's the yeah. swap i think we get i think if the rani turned up i mean i'd be disappointed if it was a man really i, I think yeah we've had the master we, we've had the master we've we've had missy as the master yeah having the rani back i think would be would be good the thing i liked about rani was she, she came across like a real activist that could become out of control the master was always about domination kind of like he was almost like a dictator what i liked about her was she came across like a real like almost like a bit of a, an anarchist in the sense that like she mm. was like one of these people these like militant vegans who put animals lives above human lives do you know what i mean yeah, so, yeah, yeah. A couple of comments I remember loving was in the Mark of the Rani. He's like, look, you're, you're messing with human beings. You can't do this. And she's gone, well, do they care when they kill chickens and they kill pigs in the in the wild? And she's kind of saying it as if I'm doing this to the humans because of what they do to animals. There's that. And then there's also the comment she makes. She says, well, you don't look under your feet instead in case you step on a ant mound or anything so why should i care about this i feel like she's the sort of time lord who could kill a load of earthlings and not bother but Mm -hmm. if a butterfly died or if a dog or a cat died in front of her she'd be devastated she's almost like a sort of militant vegan that's how i've always sort of viewed her as and i kind of like that she's got so much domination she's just clever she has these ideas and stupid humans get in the way yeah very true let's talk more about noel's house party for anyone who doesn't know it hell not this was a ratings juggernaut in itself it had a theme park i went to that theme park in somerset in 1994 (laughs) Mm. <laughs> it closed down in 1995. Oh, wow. And all of it was just left. So there was a lot of people who used to go and have raves in Blobbyland. Yeah, it still happens. <laughs> really? Have you not been to a grave in Blobbyland, Chris? No, God, I'm afraid swear. not. No. You've missed out. <laughs> You've not lived. <laughs> we go to these raves, we tell you why Dimensions in Time is canon, and then we sing Mr. Blobby. <laughs> to be fair, going to a rave with Mr. Blobby sounds like the most perfect event in anyone's life, I think. It does. I do know that it was left, and a lot of people, you can find it on YouTube, a lot of people have just gone and broken into the, because I think it was on some sort of big estate, as like quite a lot of these theme parks are, and it was just left to sort of rot. And people have gone in and just sort of gone in there, and it, it's really creepy, because it's all kind of derelict and le- and fallen <laughs> apart. There's all these sort of happy blobbies on the wall, which Mr. Blobby was quite still quite a scary-looking character. It's just a creepy place to be. And they go there at night and stuff, and it's actually horrific. Imagine you go so you go there and you just hear these sort of... <laughs> <laughs> echoing across the walls. <laughs> that would be hideous, wouldn't it? You're there again, this is funny. You're just hearing the background... <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who's wearing the outfit. I will clobber them to death. Oh yeah! <laughs> if they attack me in there. Oh man, Blobby was quite sinister. Quite sinister. Originally, it was just um, it was just a gotcha thing. It was uh, Noel Edmonds used to dress up as Blobby. People, I remember in particular Garth Crooks, Tottenham footballer. They'd bring him in and they'd say, right, we want you to do a video about um football skills for kids. And they say, oh, we've got you a nice mascot. And they'd bring in Mr. Blobby, and it was just Noel Edmonds. And he'd run around, he'd fall over, and then at the end he'd take the 
the head off and it would be a gotcha and then he became his own entity and uh that's how it starts the, that's how it starts. <laughs> the life the life form became became sentient and uh, the rest as we know is history we don't know where he is now <laughs> but before we jump off subject completely i should say big plug for the fact that somebody recently, you know, we were saying earlier, there's the outtakes and like ex- almost we could call them extended scenes of dimensions in time. And one of those includes a Dalek, actually, that they never got the rights to use. I think they approached the Terry Nation and said, we've used a Dalek. They said, you shouldn't have done that. They go, but it's for dying children. It's children need. And they said, we literally don't care. We do not care about your dying children. So- we do not care about your dying children. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most important part of the podcast so i'm gonna whack it in here somebody has uploaded the rushes of all the kate omara scenes in the tardis with her companion who is of course the war chief and it's it's only gone it's, this has only gone out in the last two months or so so you can just youtube dimension in time kate omara whatever but it's a whole hour and a half i think about an hour or an hour and a half of rushes of her in the tardis and it is the most glorious thing you've ever seen there's nothing better than watching Kate O'Mara 12 times in a row say, pickled in time like gherkins in a jar. And then turn and go, please tell me you fucking got that this time. At <laughs> <laughs> the start, darling, I knew the best. Uh, <laughs> the best part of the whole thing of that, actually, is one bit she goes, at last my collection is complete. Prepare to materialise at the world's centre, Greenwich. She does it really amazingly. And the director pops in and goes, darling, darling, two camp, two camp. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, oh, Jesus, really? I thought it was a camp show. What the hell am I doing here? It's really <laughs> scene. It's de- honestly, watch it. It's so well done. Chris, I challenge you to a Doctor's 1 to 13 uh, impression off. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is an impression off. Martin, you should be the judge. Actually, I have got another request for Chris. All right. Okay. You know, Alan Partridge in the TV series says he's brought the rights to K9, the robot dog from Doctor Who. Could you do that? Well, you know, you see, I, I, the thing I think about K9 is that uh, there's so much potential. I mean, um, you know, we could do a film, we could do any drama you like, but get that robot dog in there, and I think you've got an instant moneymaker. Well, in that case, can you say Sam Michael has bought the rights to Dimensions in Time <laughs> as Alan Partridge? Sam Michael, you have the rights to Dimensions in Time. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing, isn't it? Right, but anyway, it's time for war. It's time for war. <laughs> uh, you are the umpire, judge, and jury. Uh, right, well, well, Martin, you say the number of the doctor, and we'll go from there. You can Obviously, you've got the 1 to 13. Any order, I'm ready. Quick fire. All right, let's go with number two. Bastard. <laughs> that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That's what the second doctor said. Uh, sorry, uh, Chris, you go first. Oh, do I have to? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, my giddy crumpets. <laughs> right, I think I'm the winner of that one. Clearly. All right, the fourth doctor. Go on, you first this time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Oh, unlucky, mate. That sounds like that was my one again. So 2 nil. Never mind. Um, All right, Chris. Seventh Doctor. Ace. Ace. Let's go. Thirteenth Doctor. After you, Chris. But I'm trying to wait for her to be a bit more impressionable first. Brilliant. That's all I've got, really. (laughs) I got to it. (laughs) Here I go. 
bum? Did you belly touch your bum? Jody's not here. That was me. Um, really? Yeah, wow. big time, mate. Big time. Martin, another one? All right, let's go 10th Doctor. After you, Chris. Okay, well, right. Something like that. That's what he sounds like, a little bit like that. That's really good, actually, isn't it? <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, but is it as good as this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, last one, Ninth Doctor. You can go first on this one. <laughs> hmm, the Ninth Doctor. Um... Hey, Bancom, did you believe your chip Don't mind me, just Instagramming in my bush. That's all. Oh, that's pretty good. I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't we give him that yeah. one? Then that makes it 29 to me and then one for old Chris, eh? I think that's the only fair result. No, honestly, though, Chris, loving the bloody podcast. And uh, I've not said this to you before. Bloody hell, take it to Edinburgh. Jesus God, take it to Edinburgh. Take it to a festival. The most original comment I've seen recently in regards to, you know, stand up. I, I, it's an amazing podcast. I've said before that it's an amazing mix of kind of everyone sat in the pub before after a few drinks and gone, what would happen if. <laughs> Michael Caine was in Pingu. What would happen if Postman Pat was Christopher Eccleston? You know, it, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, it's a brilliant mix of you guys literally sat around and saying, what would happen if such and such? And then you play it out, and it's absolutely incredible. And I'm a big fan of the podcast. Martin and me have spoken about it many a times. Um, uh, as I said, we're having a real lovely moment, but honestly, it, it's fantastic. And uh, the impressions are, are absolute quality, man. It's been an honour to hear Patrick Troughton live. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, honestly, it's so so cool. And the quicker big finish, give him his own bloody ruddy second series. <laughs> give him a second series, you shit. So, Chris, why don't you tell the lovely people where they can find the podcast? It's called We Sound Familiar, and you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, you can also follow us on Inst, uh, no, not on Instagram, but sorry, uh, Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me on. On Facebook or Twitter, uh, Chris Walker T uh, on Twitter, and Chris Walker Thompson on Facebook. And my website is chriswalkerthompson.com. Sam, do you have any gigs coming up that you'd like to pimp? You can find me on Thursdays between the hours of five and seven. I'm very reasonable. <laughs> between those times, you can find me in your garden. I'm doing a lovely gig in, in Bristol on the 23rd of July at the Comedy Depot, run by Angie Belcher, an absolutely fantastic comedian, very, very good. Uh, I'm not at the Edinburgh Fringe this year, um, but if you go to my Twitter, at Sam Mike Ewell, took a lot of imagination that did. It's just Sam Michael with an O-L on the end. I've done recommendations of who you should go and see in Edinburgh, some fantastic shows. Um, you can catch me with controversial comedian Andrew Lawrence in November in Reading. I'm supporting him. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I, 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 I'll be about. I'll be about. Um. Uh, hopefully. Uh, well, I, maybe uh, old uh, Reginald here will have me back. Um. If I'm good. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, it's just such good fun. It's it's lovely. It well, is. Lo yeah. Thank you for having me as well. You're yeah. both welcome back anytime. Yeah. It's really good fun. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys. I think it'd be really funny if you ended it and said, "Right, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for being on the show." That you just hung up and we never. <laughs>